and welcome to episode 16? 16. 16. 16. Alright guys, let us know if you can hear us and everything. We'll make sure everything's working properly. Um, if we're too loud, too quiet, annoying. I'm sorry, we're annoying, so you just have to get used to that part. Yeah. Especially John. Indeed, that's my stock and trade. Stock and trade. <laughs> um... <laughs> So let us know if we're okay. Other than that, welcome to it. We're finally back as a team again. Uh, holidays are over. Yes. Which I didn't go anywhere. <laughs> well, I spent the my one entire holiday. holiday. Is. <laughs> I will be spending all of my holidays at home, I think, this year. All of the Dallas rest of Kemp them. says hi to you, Kathy. Oh, hey, Dallas. You're almost Facebook. Dallas is watching us on Facebook Live. Thanks, yes, Dallas. You. You're awesome. So... Holidays are... Okay, Thanksgiving holiday's over, since we're all Americans and we have to deal with that. Um, other than that... That means you're allowed to play Christmas music now. You're permitted. Yes. I'm so relieved. I'm so relieved. Now I get to start watching Christmas movies, too. You like Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. Woohoo! Oh, Lethal Weapon. I'm not... I'm not thrilled with Die Hard, I have to tell you. I'm not oh. a big Bruce Willis fan. I'm not a Die Hard fan. I just don't care. Lethal Weapon, on the other hand. Oh, he got me in the heart with that. <laughs> Die Hard is, like, one of the best action movies ever. Yes. It's mandatory. But, you know, it's like standard. Everyone's allowed, <sighs> everyone's allowed to like what they like. It's all good. So, let's go ahead and start with our ritual from the olden days. Kathy, what you drinking today? I am drinking gin okay. with ginger ale. So you're doubling and up on the gin. I have gin, I have ginger ale, and I'm also drinking tea. Because, you know, I like tea. This is Earl Grey. Loose leaf, Earl Grey, yum. <laughs> and John, what are you drinking today? Uh, I am drinking, uh, well, I've got a shot of Wild Turkey American Honey. Let's go one And then I've got some Wild Turkey American Honey mixed with uh, some Coke. Oh, man. I, I'm that doing it, of course. <laughs> my standby, well, I wouldn't say standby, it's now, because I don't think I'm going to drink it until I'm completely done with it. Maybe. I don't know. But good old sort of leaves that I'm working on. And I'm going to be munching on some homemade uh, snickerdoodle cookies. Oh, my so, God. Just got to have to do it. I mean, it's like mandatory. It's like so not everything. dipping waffles in sort of leaves. No, I didn't even get to yet. I meant to do that this week, and then I had to take medication. And then I was like, well, I can't do that. So. Oh, that's a good excuse. Yeah. It's the best excuse, actually. And I do have my waffles. <laughs> I do have waffles, so I'm going to have to try to do that. Waffles. Think, think I should, like, openly, like, live podcast that? I yes. Think you should. Yes. Absolutely. 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 I'll have to make sure I get all my Canadian friends and, like, hey, we're going to be doing this today. I'm going to be dipping waffles in sort of uh We could just have a sort uh, of and waffle meetup at Adepticon and just have it live. Okay. So, uh, Spencer, are you coming to Adepticon? Uh, working on it. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I have all uh, my fingers crossed. I, I could do all it. I'm time. just not sure it's financially responsible of me to do it. 
They keep raising the limit of my credit card. I'm like, I can do this, but I'm not sure this is the right idea. Oh, but yeah. We'll see. I, I got some, uh, I mean, I had a really good week, a really good paycheck last time, so, from all that overtheated time, so we'll see how it ends up. I'll have to save it. Because then we could do, we could do an actual live show with all three of us in person. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, hell yeah. We, we could do one when we're <laughs> well, drinking. We'll make it happen. If if all our proceeds have to go towards getting you to Adepticon, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't think it would take that. I just, I just got to run some numbers. Don't <laughs> run them too far. Yeah, I, mean, fair. I mean, you do have to figure out a place to you stay and, you know. Tickets, yeah. you don't have to buy a ticket if you're not doing anything. Am I right, uh, I'll be doing stuff, though, but uh, that, I'll, I'll talk. That is true. If, if you're not participating in events, you can do whatever the hell you want. So, I'll, I'll talk to the crew and see who's going from the crew and see what I can work out. From Kathy's mouth, here it is. If you're not by, if you're not participating in events, you can do whatever the hell you want. That includes streaking. I was where exactly where my went to. Like <laughs> uh, pants optional. <laughs> oh, any case. So, all right, guys. To everybody, glad we're all back to the team. Ron. Ron. That's good. So, terrain. Yes. Um, this got brought up because um, people were asking about it. And our good friend, Tectonic Dan, uh, Reynos Dan from Tectonic Studios, uh, him and I were talking about terrain stuff. And for the most part, a lot of games are using 2D terrain. But recently, there's been an insurgence of 3D terrain, which I'm like all for. Um, so instead of talking about all the terrain and all the time, let's go game by game. Um, I know, that, you know, Kathy may not know some of these games, but I think you can get the understanding. But we will definitely be talking to you about your hobby because your uh, Guild Ball uh, goal got a really huge response locally and online. I, and I'm hoping it goes over well at SteamCon this weekend, too. I won't yeah. be there, but I'm pretty sure the team will be there. Well, I'm sure it will because that that food was amazing. I mean, <laughs> that that steak was incredible. Mouth watering. Did it make you hungry? It, it, it looked real. I was like, that <laughs> looks like what a steak would look like. I was like, it's making me hungry cool. right now. <laughs> <laughs> there were strip steaks. And there were rib steaks. Yeah. There were roasts. I, I love all steaks equally as long as they go on my tummy. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. Uh, so, so, terrain. Before before we launch into it game by game, um, I was thinking about it today, and I actually had a little bit of a revelation that goes back to uh, GW's philosophy in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the problem that everyone's having is... It's the idea of the hobby versus your hobby. And, you know, regardless of what anyone else thinks, if you like 2D or 3D terrain, just use it. Yeah. Somebody gives you shit, (laughs) respectfully, fuck them. There is no wrong way to do your hobby. Exactly. I I wanted to start with that because everyone (coughs) thinks 
Now they search flame wars. Like, that's not the way you do it. No. The way you do it is whatever way you have fun with. Mm-hmm. You, Got it. You yeah. put books under a tablecloth to be hills. Looks good. Yep. <laughs> I've done care, it before. As long as you're playing. Oh, yeah. Definitely have taken tablecloth and put books underneath it as a hill for certain things. Because poor white trash. Didn't have hey, money you know. to go buy that stuff. <laughs> We took old styrofoam of anything, made it flat, cut a doorway, and like that's a damn building. Yep. We we do that to this day, but this now we actually paint those particular things. That's so, crazy talk. Only difference, like <laughs> wait, pill bottle, you know, styrofoam thing, styrofoam packing material from when you got your TV shipped to you or whatever, yep. you know? Yep. You know, who didn't pile their green army men on top of stuff like that when they were kids? Oh, I remember I made that once. Yeah. Perfectly valid. I Legos. remember many a times <laughs> going to somewhere and, like, be at work and they had to unpack something and I was like, ooh, that styrofoam would make a really cool fortress wall or something of that yep. nature. So I'm like, <laughs> I grabbed that and take it and would go home and paint it up and put it on the table and use it for, you know, whatever game we were playing. Mm-hmm. But lately, terrain's been a big shift. It is. Um, let's, let's go with the, the easy one that we all know, or most of us have seen, and John and I can know, and Kathy's seen it, is War Machine and Hordes. Um, for the most part... It, it may be the most divided. I would yes. say it's the most divided. It is. Um, for the most purposes... Everybody uses 2D terrain for the most part. One, it's easy to pack. It's mm-hmm. easy to store away. It's easy to put models on. But I always notice everybody likes to play with 3D walls. Because you're not allowed to stand on them. And that was sort of my whole... We've talked about this before, mm-hmm. so I'll go through it quickly. Um, I like 2D hills because hills are always a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless they block line of sight, then you can make them 3D. Or... Or you make a rule, like, if I made a miniature game, I'd make a rule where going up a hill takes a little bit more movement than going down, so if you can't end completely on the hill, you can't make it on the hill. Gotcha. Likewise, going down, if you can't make it completely off the hill, you get a little momentum, you make it completely off the hill. It's an easy rule that solves all the problems in the universe with hills. You can just have the (laughs) flat styrofoam ones with, with sheer edges just to be hills, and boom. Yeah. Um, yeah, Legionnaire says it right. 3D walls, 3D houses. I love tree templates with trees you can take off and put on. Correct. So glad that has become the standard. Mm-hmm. Um, but water, uh, trenches. Uh, actually, one of my buddies from GW, old GW days, showed up again recently. Started hanging out with us. And he uh, mentioned when El Marshall got the blockhouse, it comes with two trenches, and they're pretty much flat. Mm-hmm. He's like, doesn't look trenches. I'm like, yeah, but it's impossible to make trenches that fit on a board and are functional. Yeah, that fit on a flat board without actually making your own entire board with a whole dugout area. Now, if you make the entire board, <laughs> I will play on it and I will have the best time ever because that is super awesome. But right. in a gaming store, that's not realistic or bringing it with you. Yeah. So I, I like the mix of flat and 2D. Anything you can't go over should be 3D, get in the way. Everything you can go over easily can be flat. Well, I also think, because with miniature, with um, War Machine Horde, since it's such a competitive style type game, getting and putting, you know, your model directly on that and making it so it's easier to stand up, especially time turns or mm-hmm. time rounds or whatever, you know, you don't want to spend a bunch of your time putting dice under a model to get them to stand on the hill so they would be there. <laughs> now, so they don't while keep it, tipping over. 
Correct. And War Machine and Hordes is a game that you win or lose by inches type thing. <laughs> Half inches, quarter Half inches. inches. Yeah. Oh, yeah, most of those games are that way where you're... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so to momentum into another game, uh, 40k I've been playing recently, we just don't give a shit. No. We put Train on the board now. They have uh, ITC, which I don't know what the acronym means, unfortunately. That is their tournament commission type mm-hmm. of dealios that has, these are the tournament rules that we widely accept as make the game balanced. Correct. With stuff like the bottom level of ruins count as buildings, so you can't see through them, you can't shoot in, you can't shoot out, and vehicles can't go in them. Which, okay, if you have a limited amount of train, train in a tournament and you know it's coming, is cool. But mm-hmm. in your local game store, throw that shit out the window. Uh, I like the idea that a template of, of ruins does not block line of sight, or that, that does block line of sight. You know, you can't see from one side to the other, but you could get in and shoot out mm-hmm. and then shoot in if they're in. I, that's cool. That keeps the, uh, you know, it keeps your, your uh, imagination working. Like, the guys is aren't actually exactly where they are. They're, like, at windows and popping up and firing. That's is that kind of like uh, woods? Like, if you're on the other side, you can't shoot through it. If you're in Correct. it, you can shoot out. Correct. I, yeah, yes. that makes sense. Yeah, in fact, Corby's right. Rules is written terrain in 8th edition is probably the only part of 8th edition that is absolute and complete garbage. Most terrain does almost nothing. And, I mean, I can tell you off the top of my head, uh, the terrain pieces that do something, most ruins and stuff like that give you a cover save bonus, give you an extra bonus to your save. Um... Force and craters give you a penalty to charging it out of or through, and then they have what they call, I don't know, Battlefield Wreckage, something like that, I forget the exact naming of it, um, based off one of their old terrain pieces, it's like a little woods with a burnout rhino, where it's the same as a woods, and you might uh, set off an explosive or mine and hurt yourself. Well, also... I also think it comes down to a lot of things that, with 40k, is you need stuff that block line of sight. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many work. weapons that have so much long range that if you don't have something, it just turns in. I'm not moving. I'm just going to shoot the hell out of you. I'm not moving either. I'm just going to shoot the hell out of you. The Adeptus Mechanics player has no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that that's Stompy McLaser faces stock and trade. I come forward. Neutron laser. Neutron laser. Every game where there's been terrain, he's not been uh, MVP of because you know he's had it actually work for his line of sight. Do you actually have to strategize when you have terrain on the board? Yes, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> actually, it's I, that, that's what I love about using terrain is it makes you develop these strategies. You know, also mm-hmm. it's good for objectives. Mm-hmm. It's way better for objectives when you've got more terrain out there. And cool. it makes some of those mobile vehicles really good because and stuff because you can use the terrain. You can come around here, shoot some stuff. If he comes back that way to shoot you, you you popping around the other side, maybe not giving him a clear shot. It. We had I had a good game with a Blood Angels player who was using terrain to his advantage well. I'm like, you did a good job using terrain. I couldn't get clear shots until late. It was cool. And then you've got games like Bolt Action where you can actually set your guy to ambush so that when somebody does come around the terrain and into your line of sight, you get your shots on them now. Yeah. Yes. So if, if 8th edition 40K, which uses all 3D terrain, I haven't seen anyone use 2D terrain and aside from the... The forest templates with with trees on them because that's a stock and trade of the industry now. Um, uh, the other end is the competitors, which is Warpath, which is Mantix, the guys who do Kings mm-hmm. of War. Their game they actually have a much more defined 
uh, rule set for uh, terrain that is still relatively easy with such like you uh, if you're defending ruins or something against someone who's charging you you get a bonus on your basically overwatch fire mm -hmm. which I thought was really cool um, uh, little advantages nothing major that make defending a piece of terrain against someone trying to come in and murder you good because that's sort of what they use terrain for to keep people from coming in and murdering you uh, yes um, but yeah all those games uh, I see a lot more 3D terrain on all those sort of 40k and 40k clones if you will lots and lots of 3D terrain well I mean if you think about it um, last edition of the steamroller packet six pieces of terrain they weren't even anywhere near you know centerpiece they were just like thrown about and nobody really cared about it a lot of models didn't even care about terrain the newer edition more terrain they really like eight eight plus pieces um, all in areas and they wanted to make it where it's more affecting the game so you choose but it's still 2d for the most part uh, because it's easier to like I said, it's easier to fit models and stand models on for that purposes yeah and I have to say the the terrain placement rules in the steamroller are the best thing about the steamroller packet and that's saying yes. something because it's pretty good because yep. every time we use them randomly when I was getting to play every week we'd come up with interesting terrain that actually affects the battle and I think that's the key that 40k players no offense to you guys you need to learn terrain needs to affect the battle if you have terrain on your side terrain on his side all the objectives in the terrain pieces on either side and this big death zone between you you're going to get a really boring game. 100%. Yeah, 100%. So, uh, I do like that... Go ahead, Kathy. I was going to say, you know, objectives, you know, missions, campaigns, that's what makes it interesting for me. It's not just, you know, I line my guys up, you line your guys up, and we shoot at each other. Or we both charge forward, you know. There has to be some kind of a, a purpose to the game that makes it more interesting to me and that's where I'm developing my strategies towards yes I mean because I mean if going with you know back to War Machine Hordes they've added new terrain which is of course it's the burning forest rubble you know the other things that add more to it and the smoke and clouds and everything which is good because alright there's a forest there's a water but is that forest on fire I mean, you can add some stuff to it. Which, some people were complaining that nobody does that. Our local store, when we do a tournament, yeah, we'll put like a fire token on it or a smoke cloud or, you know, whatever to do that because it changes everything. I don't care if you have a model that's immune to fire, you will run through that fire terrain because they don't care. Anybody else will walk around it. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> me playing with Iris, or not Iris 2, um, Strike Off 2, oh, hell yeah. I had a trench that was on fire. So I walked and put him in that trench. I'm like, go ahead. He's on fire in a trench and is immune to the damage. Yep, he'll stay there. Um, so that actually brings up an interesting thing um, to segue for a second. If you remember, one of the last the last edition of uh, Fantasy had mysterious terrain rules where all the terrain pieces could do something crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it was very, very cool but it was not well received at all and I unfortunately feel like these those new terrain things like the acid clouds and the burning forests and shit uh -huh. are, are the same sort of thing where they're just not well received I think it's also because it's change and people don't like change when it comes to the tournament that means oh that's acid oh it means I have to go around it 
I okay. It means Good. you have to change your you have to change your strategy. Yeah. Well, oh no, it's God. even one you more than that. It is an strategy. It's an exterior factor that is affecting the game more than actual terrain normally does. Now, are these like the mysterious terrain? Are they random things that you don't know what they do until you enter it? No. Because no. I think that's the main thing people didn't like about the mysterious terrain, is you didn't know what it was until the first model stepped foot in it and you had to roll on a table. No. This this you know right off the bat. The It'll be like, all right, here's an acid token that's on you know water. Here's a fire token that's on trees. Or here's a mm-hmm. smoke cloud. Um, so, I mean, you know before you sit down, before you even put okay. your army down. And you have to actually think about it. Like I said, if a model is immune to fire, I'm going to run through the fire. I don't care. Yeah, my, my warjacks go through the, the water, the, the the acid clouds. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. It's one point of damage, whatever. i got to get through. It's yeah. all good. That's cool. My, my cool armor that... units that aren't, they, they're not going through there. <laughs> the problem is, is we have to shake people out of their unwillingness to change the side of the table. Correct. And that is probably the biggest thing. Is people sit down on the side of the table and like, eh, if you've made a fair enough terrain, it's not a huge deal, uh, you know, which side you pick. So you're like, I'll stay here because I'm lazy. I've but if the fire is on my side and the water or whatever is on your side and yeah. that's more advantageous to me, then I can see how we would want to switch. And that's a good good terrain, temp- terrain uh, thing in general is maybe, especially if you get a third-party subterrain, which happens a lot, make one side a little bit better than the other so people actually have to think about that and switch sides. Or, or give certain advantages because, I mean, yeah. for the most part, live on Facebook, let's see how that goes. Um, I mean, let's just simple... Live, live um, on Facebook. That was me on accident. I was refreshing pages that were blocked. <laughs> um, so, um, getting things to go and work correctly and not make it a big bookkeeping thing. Because that's mm-hmm. something I've seen also. Because whenever they had the clouds um, on there where they randomly went out, that became a problem. Because people forgot to roll for them. And now the clouds yep. don't go out. They're just there. Yep. Which is good. Uh, so, moving on from the, the old uh, standards, let's say, to uh, something like uh, Necromunda or Infinity. Oh my god. Where terrain is necessary, encouraged, and exceptionally encouraged to be three-dimensional. Correct. If you did not have multi-level terrain and multi-line-of-sight blocking terrain features in Infinity, the game would be over before you can get to play it. Yeah, yeah. You you have to have terrain now. Uh, European style versus American style is a little bit different. Europeans have some lines across the field, but they, they run with a more moderate amount of terrain. American style is more like, more terrain! More! Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, there was one time I was playing uh, an Infinity game, and I put my sniper at the top of this building, and we piled terrain all through it. And even where I put him, I could still see things and kill things as they were moving around. And I'm like, we need to either cut the top of this part off, or say not use it, because I was just picking off models left and right. And I was like, this is not good for you. The key is like, to put the, the big buildings in the center of the table where you can't correct. put them in your, without an employment zone. So, yeah. so yeah. To, to avoid getting into each game how to, to do it, uh, each game has their, their idiosyncrasies of how to do terrain, and it, mm-hmm. you really got to look at it. Um, I, we played some Necromunda back in the day on 2D terrain, and it was not the same. No. 
No, it wasn't bad, but it was really different. It felt, I don't know, wrong. Yeah. Because, I mean, you want to put... I mean, I want to put a model up high mm-hmm. so I can see and shoot down at stuff. I want that three-dimensional aspect to it because it fits It fits the game. It fits the rules. It it fits for the play style. You want that height and adjustment to stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and locally, we see that's the problem with Infinity is that we don't really have any buildings locally that are more than two stories tall, and it affects the game a little bit because there's not as much of that cool... I'm going to use this guy who's got all the special rules in the universe to clamp to the top of this building and just sit there with their gun and just start shooting all your guys that try and do stuff. If all you've got is a two-story building, it's just not that good. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like um, doing with, like, Necromunda. I remember playing one game of Necromunda, and I haven't read all the full rules yet, but I remember a guy got shot, and he fell, and then mm. I was like, oh, now i got to do the falling rules. <laughs> and, you know, the guy lived but became crazy because he took too much damage and that was a random aspect of it. And mm-hmm. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Um, and really, nobody plays, unless it's a small model count game, they don't play with, like, falling damage hardly anymore. Like, War Machine and Hordes. No falling damage. People don't care about that. They're, you'd have to look it up. I don't even know. I don't even remember the full rules on that. Yeah, I know there are rule rules, but we just stopped using the terrain that did that because it was extra bookkeeping. Correct. And the core of a game is called KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. Yep. Uh, what about um, games that require a lot of terrain but don't have a lot of height issues and don't do or don't care about a lot of height issues? One that comes to my mind plays on a 30 by 30 and they want you 10 plus pieces of terrain. Company of Iron. I haven't played Company of Iron to really see, but uh, I mean, I, I seem like that would use a lot of the, well, it could use a lot of the same War Machine and Horse terrain. You'd really want to go more into the Malifaux style terrain since guys are moving around more individually. Yes. And that, um, that really is the thing. The, if you have more single models moving around, your terrain pieces can get crazier. Like, whereas a forest template is the norm for the, skir- the, the, the War Machine and Up level games. Uh, in like uh, Company of Iron or let's say Malifaux play on a similar size table similar number of models a single tree is plenty good you can hide behind a single tree yep Um, you know they put them on the little circle base like that circle base is your tree and you know if I'm in it you're getting cover if I'm behind it it's a tree in the way yeah and uh, the few games I've played with Company of Iron um, everything's been about standard two story high maximum Uh, there's anything huge um, walls, forests, water, and ten pieces of terrain on a thirty by thirty is a lot of terrain, uh, especially using like two D buildings, which we use, uh, which is really good. Um, if someone could sell like a company of iron package where it's like three buildings, two walls, a forest, and stuff like that, that would be like perfect and of course yeah. affordable. But I mean, I want three D terrain with my company of iron. Because, like I said, it's skirmish style, so I move one model at a time. I don't have to keep ten models together. Um, don't have to keep, you know, you don't care and see is alright, but it's okay. Um, so, I, skirmish style games, I think it's great to have really good packed 3D terrain. Yeah, and, and honestly, I love 3D terrain for literally anything that doesn't have awkward models standing on it. Yeah, uh, the Batman yeah. game, same thing. You can have multi-level terrains there, and they use it. Oh my god, did you see some of those train pieces they have? Oh yeah. 
they're absolutely bonkers. I could see using them for a lot of games, but man, they're huge and expensive. Yes. I have not seen those. I'm going to have to look that up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I um, definitely want to make some terrain for my Necromunda stuff. I have a bunch of uh, uh, pictures of like of Hong Kong that I downloaded to get a, a, a references for like a hive world kind of thing because they're so packed in in Hong oh, Kong. Oh yeah, yeah, you know? absolutely. I thought uh, that would be a good reference. What's that one area called uh, where it's like super packed? It, it's basically a hive city. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, exactly. But I, I think that really what what is I'm seeing is is we will use more 3D terrain when it's a more skirmish style game mm-hmm. or a skirmish ability. Like 40k does that, but you can space out pretty far on a 40k game because all you gotta do is what two inches between each model, not yeah, and, seven inches between the leader. And honestly, saw so I would say this that it's also more of how competitively you're playing the game. Is awesome, what I've seen. Point. Very good um, point. Because War Machine, everyone's so competitive, they want every centimeter, millimeter to matter. 40k, they just don't care that much. I mean, we measure charges. So I'm like, yeah, you gotta roll like a, you gotta roll like a nine. You're fine. You know, we, we've yeah. never really cared that much about them. Uh, so you know, we're willing to go like, yeah, I'm in this building. You know, arranged. However, it's not important anymore. Templates no longer exist in 40k, which is great. Yes. Oh, that's um, so weird. It, yes. It's weird, but it means you don't have to worry about cramming your guys into cover to get yeah. the cover bonus and then getting, yeah. you know, a big template crushing you. They just yeah. all do multiple hits, which is fine. It's mm-hmm. actually really cool. I think that's probably one of the best changes they've made. Um, <laughs> See, uh, in I, Bolt Action, they added templates. <laughs> so, <laughs> and people were a little upset about that, but hmm. that's another game where where people like to have all the 3D terrain. At least the people that, that I've seen play it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and that's, it's so very similar to 40K, just sort of in the way that the guys move around and everything. Mm-hmm. There's actually uh, some really good bolt-action terrain. Uh, one of our guys, I guess for like a cornfield or something, he cut out outside door carpet. Yep. That, that, oh, that, yeah. Took we like, have tons of that at the local store. Yeah. You know what it, we've it, took like, cut out like a little squares of, you know... I guess it's outdoor carpet. Uh, it's yeah, like... you, have you seen the uh, the stuffed animal fur uh, mm-hmm. grass that people do? They airbrush the stuffed animal fur so it looks like fields of grass. It's really cool. And, well, I mean, and I... we're looking for that to, to add to our own terrain boards. And actually, I've, uh, I've used that, uh, that carpet using wheat fields as put it down on the table. Models can stand on it. It's firm enough that most models stand on it very well. And I've been like, that is concealment and no movement penalty. Sure. It's like forest bonus. I mean, it, it's cool terrain to have out there. Uh, we haven't done it in 40K. I mean, I'm not sure what we do it as 40K. probably wouldn't bother because it seem impressive enough for, you know. Well, that's a, true. I mean, you're not going to be invading agrarian planets, I guess. We wouldn't invade anywhere. <laughs> There's technology there. Tech priest Steve will find it. <laughs> What if there's mineral ore underneath the surface? That could be used to make technology. <laughs> Tech Free Steve is there. What's other game? Other games. Malifaux does a lot of the same company of our terrain. We've had a lot of terrain pieces. 
Uh, it's, it's funny that Malifaux terrain. And anything works in Malifaux. You you look go through and you define it. They they have really slightly more complex but very solid rules for everything except height. Mm-hmm. Their height is realistic, and if you know anything about realistic height, it becomes problematic for line of sight purposes. Yes. If if the height is not actual, you're like, well, this is height five, so I can see over X, Y, and Z. It's it's a pain, and unfortunately, that is probably the only terrain problem they have. Everything else is like, you know, they have keywords like, is it blocking? Is it you know hazardous? Is it you know what have you? And you do define it all with your opponent beforehand, and you go like, all right, this is this, and go. I also like the uh, going back to infinity, the the model silhouette. Mm, yes. You know, yeah. the way they tackle line of sight with that, so you could have some crazy model with things sticking out, but it doesn't matter. Actually, yeah, um, uh, uh, Malifaux does a similar thing, where it's the base cylinder, sort of like War Machine, and they have a height value of its, you know, what size is it? What height is it? Height 5? Okay, that means you need to hide behind height 5 or <laughs> they can see you. I, I like that mechanic, yeah. Or what was yeah, it? I w- what, Fantasy at one point said it was um, the, what was that rule that if the, you, you measured the attack from the weapon and so everybody would like reach out their weapons really far but to attack them it uh, had to yeah, come, you, you couldn't get to them. There was a weird problem that, with that and I was like that, that was, was uh that wasn't uh, War Machine that was actually uh was it Fantasy? Uh, Age of Sigmar it was Age of Sigmar yeah, it was more fantasy. Um, uh, I really wish for 40k would go to size, or you can like, all right, it's on a base, it's x, you know, an x height, so it's easy peasy, you know, not with lances and stuff sticking out. That they're, I guess that's another thing they probably don't do very good is they really don't care. I mean, like you can measure from any point of your vehicle. First off, it's it's really weird. It's very abstract. Which I guess is overall fine as long as the whole thing's abstract. But the the I guess the fa- the terrain rules are way too abstract. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and the terrain has to be complicated enough that it's I don't have to do calculations mm-hmm. and I don't have to do all this weird stuff. Like, all right, half terrain, half movement penalty to go through this. Um, if you move through this, X Y Z. There's just got to be something quick and easy. And not go, well, you got to do this, you got to multiply by 7, divide by pi, <laughs> you know. Well, it's a matter of keeping it easy, but you can't make it too simple, then people feel like it's lacking. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and uh, Xander Varlord has a good point. Uh, Wing-style games are usually flat. Wings of Glory, mm-hmm. X-Wing. Oh, yeah, all yeah. Flat, all flat terrain, but that makes sense because they're all on bases. It's already a bit abstract, and you just need representations of where they are. It's almost like a board game plus. Yes. Uh, Armada is the same way because your 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 model will have to overlap, and you can't overlap a space station if the station's three D. Unfortunately. Yeah, right. yeah. Though, right. a cool idea is to make three D terrain with the templates underneath them, which we thought about. That way, you go like, oh, you're going to overlap that. Let's take the three D one off, so it doesn't look cool anymore, like with a forest, and you put your model on now. Yeah. Uh, we thought about doing uh, buildings for easily in a uh, war machine where you just make sure every building has a template underneath it. I need to measure real quick to see, like, all right, we'll take the building off, measure, the template's still there showing where the building was, put the building back, you know exactly where it was, no muss, no fuss. We used to, uh, when we used to play Aeronautica Imperialis, 
we uh, we had terrain for that because you're you're in the atmosphere of a planet and you're zooming around all these high peaks or stuff and they had rules for that too so it wasn't quite like Wings of War I you know I just like those flying games because I used to play Wings of War as well mm -hmm. and uh, or Wings of Glory now and you you could put terrain in there I guess if you really wanted to we never did but for Aeronautica it was a lot more fun with uh, extra high peaks and uh, crazy impassable things mm -hmm. yeah it's, it really adds an aspect to a flying game uh, and honestly most atmospheric games you have to have a reason for there to be terrain uh, space games having debris and satellites seems like it would fit and you're part of a big battle there's space debris running around that's cool um, and I think I think one company actually did make 3D pieces in all the shapes of the initial X-Wing uh, terrain. Um, also, in friendly games, you're allowed to use one of the uh, big ships as terrain instead of all the pieces. Oh, cool. Which is kind of interesting, but that's a giant one giant piece of terrain in the middle of the yeah. board. I guess you could circle around it and all, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. Kind of like dogfighting around the uh, Super Star Destroyer. Yeah, yeah, but only in two dimensions. It's kind of weird, um... And to be honest, having played a couple three-dimensional flying-style games, it is difficult as crap, and holy moly. One of my buddies ran a 3D Star Trek space combat game long before the WizKids put out their attack wing. And man, it was complicated as crap, but it's very cool at one point where someone's like, what's going on? Well, everyone's had to invert because of momentum, except for this one ship who's flying along. Normal. <laughs> Everyone else is, like, upside down. And they're all normal. The one's normal. It was, it was very cool, but very, uh... A lot more pieces to it. That's more of a, you get everyone together, you play one game in, you know, in a long afternoon. Hmm. Than the stuff we have now. I mean, for the most part, I love 3D terrain, but I understand the aspect of why we can't have it in certain games. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. I mean, there's, like I said, I, I kind of want to stop talking about that, but I want to talk about the hobby part of it, because I remember many, many of days building 3D terrain, mm -hmm. especially for 40K, because that's, that's one that I built a ton of stuff for. And going back to the aspect of, oh, copier came in, <coughs> and the styrofoam that the copier toner came in, <laughs> pulled it off, I set it down in a flag, goes, that's a bunker. I can turn yep. this into a bunker and start carving this up and getting styrofoam cutters. The dark days. And I remember my first time trying to prime styrofoam. <laughs> that was do. a... Yeah. Everybody remembers that first day we took that primer and went, and then watched it melt. <laughs> <laughs> like, We're yeah, super this glued, is... trying to glue it together. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, one of the things, uh, since Dallas was talking about it, one thing that I thought was funny was... Um, terrain stuff was Dallas plinth that he has that he puts like his models on for objective markers and it's the orange tops it's the oh, uh, yeah. orange bottle orange we, tops we've used those for uh for basing absolutely yeah, yeah i mean they have this sort of gothic arches in them yes <laughs> yeah i mean and that to me was like a really when he showed it to me he told me it was i'm like that's really cool i didn't think about it because i don't think yep. about looking at things like that anymore because you don't oh. build terrain anymore for wow. pretty much War Machine Hordes. It's all standard and like says we, 3D. 
Did we save so much garbage for building terrain? <laughs> you My know, arena wrecks. Spray can tops and uh, pill bottles and, mm -hmm. you know, vitamin bottles and milk caps. And, I mean, I could go on all day. Just tons yeah. of shit. <laughs> all right. I... I I built an Arena Rex arena, and that was the first time I've started building terrain in forever. And it was like dental floss and wooden doll shingles. Um, you know what's good for... Speaking of shingles, cereal boxes for mm -hmm. Cedar Shake. Yeah. I, I saved the back to uh, every pad that I went through of uh, call logs at Games Workshop. <laughs> I saved the back to them. I have them sitting in a box. They're just good little cardboard backs for yep. whatever you need them for. I remember days of um, 40K, we'd get together and go, all right, let's do a terrain-making day. Mm -hmm. and, oh, yeah. And they would bring yep. all their styrofoam, anything they wanted to make into terrain, and we would all bring it together. And we're like, oh, I could do this and this and this with it, or I can do that. Bendy straws with a little... Oh, yeah, smoothie. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There'd be the tubing for whatever. Yeah, there you go. Put, put that into the side of an orange juice bottle and then put it down to the ground, and you had yourself a tubing for whatever. I yep. miss those. Those were really fun days of building terrain pieces. Yeah, and then nowadays, they actually just make so many terrain pieces. It's more of like, well, I don't have time. What do I want to buy? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it pretty much... It, it, it sort of started with the uh, the Necromunda terrain, let's say. That's probably the, the, the progenitor of all that. Because the the cardboard plus the plastic frames was it was the sweet spot at the time. Oh yeah, I remember putting putting that together and building whatever, and doing you know the cardboard into the little plastic walls, mm -hmm. and building up pieces and then setting them down. And it was like this is cool. We got this table and it's really small and it's got all this cool terrain and it's all really high. And I'm like, we need more of this stuff. <laughs> yep. And then uh, they followed up with the Imperial Firebase, the Imperial Bastion, and one other one that were more 40k versions of those, using the same exact plastic sprues mm -hmm. and just different cardboard pieces. Um, but for some reason they stopped doing them, which was too bad, because those were great. And then uh, they went into full-scale plastic terrain. I mean, good lord, the whole series de death release was based around plastic terrain. That was baller. Yeah, those were amazing. Yeah. Do they even still make those? I don't even know. I don't know. I'm uh -huh. sure they sell them. I like DTs, and they used um, cotton balls as arranged as nebulas for a huge yeah. Blackwing game. I mean, and stuff like that. I, I, I say I miss the hobby part of that. Because... And I like don't, this, because our entire basement is consumed with that. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, I miss the hobby time. Because when I was building my Arena Rex one, it was... I, I had a blast doing it. I worked like two days on it, did it real quick, and, you know, got it, and I was like, really cool. And then, of course, it got destroyed by someone stepping their feet on all the walls and destroyed all the walls. But Aww. I was like, eh, well, I'll fix it. But, I mean, it was it was really cool. I was really proud of it. And it was the first time... It's been a while since I've built terrain. I mean, you can always put a stick on a base... But I mean, this was a this was a whole board. This was terrain features. Like I said, the bendy straws for making stuff for 40k. Because when I started, we didn't you didn't buy pre-terrain. You had to make it. Yeah. So Airbay kept all their styrofoam. Airbay had their own styrofoam cutters. 
everybody, you know, built everything. You mean the hot wire tool? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. We have, yeah. <laughs> and, and to answer my own question, they do still make it. As a matter of fact, Chippy actually has a good variety of terrain uh, available. It's all very GWE, very gothic and... Or full of skulls. Full skulls or alieny. Um, in fact, they just had a couple releases this week, I think, which is all the these weird uh, plasma things, you know, plasma conduits and all that. With their own special rules, of course. Uh, but, you know, a very interesting piece of terrain. It's actually really good, and they're all plastic, so that's always a bonus because it's so much easier to work with. I was saying, uh, Hinton BT was talking about he used to do it and just got thrown away because he didn't know where he was going and using it. But, I mean, he was talking about, you know, it was fun getting together with your friends and building and going, all right, I'm going to build this and spray paint it and get it all done and have stuff terrain pre-built for everybody. I mean, even yeah. if it was simple stuff like cardboard cut out and then trees glued on top of it. Mm-hmm. That way, or, yeah. you know, because I took, you know, the, I, what I did is I built a piece of terrain, um, took the uh, court and flattened it out, uh, painted it like uh, a forest floor, and then glued the bases of the railroad trees on it, painted that, and then put the trees in that holes, and so when everybody needed to, they could just pull the tree off to move their models on it. Yeah, that's cool. And mm-hmm. so, but I mean, that was really fun to do. I have no... Yeah. But I mean, I don't see... You, you don't see many people building terrain anymore. Um, I know uh, Archidan uh, from Tectonic actually had a game, had a uh, train building day with his stuff uh, down in Virginia before uh, Nova opened this year. Um... So, this still happens, but it's a lot more pre-built stuff, not much of the uh, make-your-own-train. But I think it's because, I guess, we're spoiled now, I think is the best way of saying it, between the pre-made terrain sets and the fact that a lot of stores make their own terrain and have their own terrain. Um, people are kind of, yeah, kind of spoiled. Um, at uh, the other local store, Third Eye Games, uh, one of the local guys is just making 40k terrain. I see it posted on their group every week, like, hey, look what I just made. I'm like, that's cool, dude. Um, you do more of that, actually, in the community. Get together, even if it's just you're bringing kits to get to put together and paint, you know, something. We have terrain days for, uh, for Adepticon. Mm-hmm. So, because all the, all the terrain for all the different tournaments that go on has to be made by somebody. And, and painted whether you're three D and super legit. You know, and some of it is the just assembling the plastic GW kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. some of it is, you know, we're building buildings today or we're all building hills today. Mm-hmm. You know, because all of these other games need need other stuff that's not GW stuff. You know? You need bolt action needs farms, you know? And mm-hmm. uh and they are, like, Malifaux, they've got some great boards at uh, the Malifaux tournaments there. So, I mean, especially, like, like you said, you're talking about Adepticon, and being how many um, 40K tables you'll have, you'll have to have a ton <laughs> of terrain. I mean, that's a huge amount of terrain well, that you have to every have. Every time they're adjusting the rules, that 
make some of the terrain obsolete and so more other terrain that's going to work with those rules needs to be made so we're always updating things yeah I would say without uh, without any hyperbole that uh, Adepticon is the gold standard of terrain. It's actually the reason we had an argument locally about uh, 2D terrain after uh, uh, several of us went to uh, War Machine Weekend and we had our pictures and they're like, what's this shit? I'm like, that's 2D terrain. They have a ton of tables. It's like, Adepticon does 3D terrain on every table and they have more people. And I'm like, they're Adepticon. Like I said, but it also goes to be what the game allows for terrain and how the game handles terrain being being the more I wouldn't say more competitive but the measurement more competitive yeah because for me, in 40k you don't have to be so careful on the measurements per se for me it's about the visual part of the game too that's that's why I like the miniatures that's why I'm not playing advanced squad leader with a bunch of little tiles and hexes you know you're not playing advanced squad leader that's my <laughs> shit I, my cousin John shit. I, and. I like the models, <laughs> and if I've got models, I want to have terrain to put them on. Yeah. You know? Very, yeah. I'm not saying it's wrong to do 2D terrain because, like I said before, there's no wrong way to do the hobby. But personally, I like to have a board that's that's full of all kinds of things I can hide behind or or work around. You know, to me, that just adds adds extra strategy to the game. Absolutely, and uh, Maximum DT just mentioned uh, uh, the Dust Tactics Tenements buildings. You can Google them. That came out years ago. Are really gate great for intact buildings. Like if you want a bottom floor that's intact of a building, or even as many as you want, if you can find some of those. I do not know if they still make them because Dust Tactics is in a weird place, but <laughs> they are very cool because it's literally just the 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 walls and then some cardboard pieces for the floors. If you don't have enough floors, you can always replace them with Plasticard. And that's another one. Plasticard is super cool for building buildings and such. Oh, Plasticard, I remember that. Plasticard, the thin pink foam that's like a quarter inch. Or, or whatever Plasticard. Uh, we you find know, white sheets uh, that are whatever, you know, super cardboard. thin. Mm -hmm. So many things. I'm just, Plasticard, that costs a little bit more than just your average hunk of cardboard. It, d it depends on how you want it. Like, I would do the interior floors uh, with with cardboard because it's... You're not going to say people putting stuff in there. They'd be a little more like, yeah, you know, whatever. The top floor is going to get a lot more use, and I would do that in plastic card just for, for you know, so it lasts longer. <laughs> and then, uh, as he also mentions, the Star Wars Legion screams for custom terrain... As a matter of fact, there's actually on Kickstarter, there is a uh, Kickstarter for uh, custom terrain that looks like the bunker and the shield generator and such for uh, for Star Wars. It, uh, they're running that right now. Oh, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't remember what the name is. I will see if I can find it quickly. Oh, it's it's from Battle Kiwi, and it's called uh, Endor Tabletop Wargaming Terrain, and you have five days to go. Um, it's got the, the landing pad, the, uh, a shield generator, and a bunker, and they do it together in different ways, and it's not terribly expensive. Granted, now, it's is this ki uh, Kiwi money? Like, Legion scale? Or Assuming, yeah, it's it's 28mm yeah. scale. 
I'm interested to see that game. I haven't really seen anything, uh, you know, about yeah, the mechanics yeah. or anything. I've seen a little bit, yeah, and it's, I mean, it's cool. The bunker's got a top that comes off. It's got blast doors that open up. Little, uh, computer consoles you can put in there. It's, it's, it is a very cool-looking Kickstarter, uh, that, uh, if you're interested in that stuff, you might play it. Uh, it also works for 40K. Give it a shot. Man. There's one picture he's got with the uh, the landing pad with an AT-AT next to it, and it's scaled properly for whatever AT-AT he used. <laughs> it's right up the side there. It's, that is super legit. I mean, so for the most part, we all like 3D terrain. Oh, yeah. But we're... depending on the game system? Yeah, depending and on the game system, I could go with 2D terrain. Uh, I couldn't imagine playing 40k on 2D terrain. I've never seen it no. done. No, I, I I couldn't see that either. I couldn't see that with like Infinity, Necromunda. I can't see that with Company of Iron. Um, I could I could see it with Company of Iron. I could see it with Malifaux, but it doesn't happen. I, I don't think it looks. It doesn't look as good either. Yeah. Um. Now I can, like I said with War Machine and Hordes. When you're paying the competitive style, yeah, I see the reason why for 2D terrain. It's and, it's understandable. And honestly, I see. I think after a discussion, I see why so many people are up in arms against 2D terrain in War Machine of Hordes. If they're the only true miniatures games that uses 2D terrain, people are always wondering why so different. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, <laughs> because I take the bus. That's actually a good point. 3D terrain is a pain in the butt to store. Oh yeah, I mean, I did a review of the. I got the Muse train at Morrison uh, Weekend a couple years ago, and I'm grabbing my backpack now. That's why you're seeing my back. You have no idea how many containers we have that are holding our terrain oh, for yeah. various different games. <laughs> yeah, when uh, War Machine Weekend, um, the tables downstairs is yeah exactly um, ah, for the main that, tables. That's is, enough for a table. Yeah, easily. It's more than I enough. I can't even imagine that. I've never yeah. played with 2D terrain. It, it's but, an interesting thing. Um, like in a pinch, like because I've got this back, this old GW backpack. I can hit two of their old black figure cases in it, and the terrain fits right in. I mean, I could have a game just about anywhere. There's a flat surface, so I mean, it's got that going for it. Correct. I mean, because like I said, our Youngblood area or our Iron Arena area, so people can just play games they want. That's all 3D terrain, and we've got those big plastic tubs just filled. Uh, AK has these big plastic tubs just filled with terrain, and it's a pain in the butt. Um, so you're just like, that's. I can understand the reason why 2D terrain for competitive style games, but I would rather see 3D terrain on the table, no matter what. Yeah, and uh, Hinton B mentions that he uh, they do Pathfinder every week, and when they use minis, they use terrain. They use a battle map for flat terrain. They actually make 3D terrain for that. Um, Dwarven Forge has made 3D terrain forever. Uh, my buddy in the military, his wife bought him a set, but he you know he was moving around so much. He's like, I'm leaving this with you. So I have a set in my storage unit of that stuff. Used it once or twice. I mean, it's a pain in the ass to set up and get going, but it looks super awesome with the models. Oh, yeah. yeah, I like Dwarven Forge. They do some yeah. good stuff. Yep. It's 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 the gold standard of terrain, but like the gold standard, you're paying for it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and of course, that's another thing. That's the reason why a lot of people don't 
buy a lot of 3D terrain. They make it because it's expensive. That's yeah. the thing with 2D terrain. That whole bag of 2D terrain was like, like 40 bucks. It yeah. wasn't even expensive. Nope. There was somebody at ReaperCon selling that the, with the uh, neoprene backing, yep. and I had never seen it before. I didn't, I didn't realize it was a huge thing until really this conversation. <laughs> if you play a game where that much terrain would work for you, I heartily suggest picking it up because it's just so much easier. Um, when I reviewed it uh, for Paint with John, uh, somebody posted that they carry like two tables worth of infinity terrain in their car. I'm like, well, hats off to you, sir. Not everyone has that option. Correct. There's a guy who goes to the local store. He has a smart car. He can't carry train that smart car. I'm surprised he can carry models. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's out there. Yeah. That's going to happen. I mean, some people are going to have small cars that can't can't carry all this extra shit. Yep. You know, and if you're and if you don't have, you're stuck with the store has or what you can bring. I always have that, so I always have a game. I just need the flat surface. Yeah, I mean, I have a I have a table that I used for demoing when I was a press ganger, and it's a. Uh, you know, a four by four. It was an eight by four piece of plywood that I cut down, and then I have it where it folds up. But I stick all. I have a bunch of flat terrain that I stick in there for demoing. Um, it was so much easier to carry that, especially when I had to go to like all over the state to demo War Machine and Hordes. Which is funny because I totally understand it, even though I think demoing is the one time you want three D terrain for the the visual aspect. But yeah, I mean, yeah. the the reality of transporting all the terrain has to come in somewhere. And I would say that uh, to people when you're when you're judging others, because we love to judge, think about the <laughs> circumstances they're in. Like, yes, Adepticon may have all the awesome 3D terrain, but Adepticon has a lot of volunteers who are super awesome, and they go oh, the geez. extra mile because they also require everyone to have all painted models for their events because that's what they're about. And someone lower, like uh, War Machine Weekend, may not have that same comp that same requirement. And may have a lot more. We have different requirements for their terrain, and that's why they're uh, why they're letting flat terrain in there. I mean, just just, just try to judge too harshly on people. You know, use what you want, but uh, just try not to be too harsh on the people when they're. I had to step up because we were talking about stuff, and I had to go to the closet because I was I was thinking about it, and I was like, I do have this stuff. Some of the stuff I did, and I did a hobby day, and this is the just the cork sheets, and this is my flat hills that I made for demoing. Oh yeah, and, and I mean it's still pretty flat. I mean you can see there it's you know pretty flat, so you, you can get models on it, and they yeah. can sit on the sides, and I mean that was quick and easy. I mean tore it up. I mean, it's just corkboard. Tore it up, primed it, dry brushed it, and then put the dirt and stuff on it. I mean, and I made, you know, pretty decent sized ones. And this was back when, you know, train was a lot bigger and you could have more stuff on it. And this is also what I did the, I couldn't find the, I didn't want to spend too much time. But, um, that was, you know, that's what, this is also what I did, you know, forest with. The forest was all one, it was just one piece, but then I had, you know, glued the trees on it. And the, I mean, I think these look pretty damn cool. I was more impressed with the closet you can walk in into. <laughs> I did do a cleaning out of that closet. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> Let me just give you an example. That's my closet. I can't oh. fit in there, much less fit a body in there. Jesus. <laughs> but, uh... Uh, Legionaries, I do like uh, Dan and I have talked about that stuff and talked about his stuff, and he's he's got some really good stuff, and it's small enough that it's not huge but he also makes 
some good stuff that is for like guild ball. He's got some really good guild ball terrain. And oh, really? other stuff yes. is really good too. Like yes. uh, what I always look at is uh, his. Uh, I think it's uh, a crane. Yes. That he has. That thing is super awesome. I want that for Infinity because it's just like, look at that thing. Yeah. And, and he makes like he's got good bundles and stuff of you know as he calls it grimdark terrain. Yep. And honestly, MDF or plastic does it really matter much? One's a little bit easier to work with, but man, he's got a great bundle for a great price. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, I could probably actually talk to Dan to see if he uh, could make a locomotive for you there, Legionnaires. I think he's got one. I saw a train car real quick. So. I uh, I know somebody else who does train cars, too, out of uh, laser cut wood. And that's, you know. You also have model kits. Look for model kits. Uh, mm -hmm. It's hard to figure out the exact scale. And I want to say 172, something like that. Maybe it's 20, 135. 135. Not, not 148. Yeah, so somewhere in that for, area. For like a 28 to 30 millimeter scale, mm -hmm. like 150 second or some craziness. Yeah, I, I it's had like a little bit smaller than a 148. I it's think. basically O scale. I think it's O scale to, yeah. uh, uh, train to, train stuff yeah. is the correct scale. Now you don't want to buy trains for that, but look at the model kits. Look at the scale. Do some quick math. I think it's like it's it's between one thirty fifth and one fiftieth, somewhere in that area. Take a model with you if you need to. Just have a little model if you're going to look for model kits. Get an idea. Go online. You can find out real quickly what scale is correct. You might find something that's good. You need wrecked cars for, I mean, uh, what, they're talking about the Fallout game that's coming out? You need wrecked oh. cars? Find oh, car yeah. kits, car model kits that are in there. Just rack them up. I mean, good lord. That's, that's a good hobby car. Just today I saw somebody else's MDF terrain that he made for the Fallout. Mm -hmm. And and that was amazing. And he had it yeah. lit, you know, each each individual room in this, in this structure was oh, lit. Wow. It was really cool. That's next level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is actually past time. We are missing media selection, and since John watched like 19 movies, he's going to have a lot of time. Tell us about, about all your movies, John. Seven movies, and two of them I don't need to talk about because Thor The Dark World was in minis and movies like two, and then The Avengers Age of Ultron was in minis and movies four, which was released this week. Because I got time to record. Uh, speaking of which, I'm going to stop after the end of Phase Two with the Marvel movies. <laughs> Not that I don't love Marvel movies, but you can only hear me gush about Marvel movies for so long before it becomes boring. <laughs> because I just gush. Like literally after Thor: The Dark, Thor: The Dark World's last one, I am super critical of everything after that. I'm just like, yeah, it's fucking awesome. What do you want? Oh, give my Ant-Man review. Yep, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I watched Avengers Age of Ultron. It's still great. Uh, we watched most of Thor The Dark World until someone's like, let's just go see Thor Ragnarok again so that uh, Marshall can see it and uh, we can start telling the jokes that are appropriate with that. <laughs> um, but I watched one new movie and then a bunch of movies I've seen before. So uh, the one I watched new is actually a short movie. It's called Halo The Fall of Reach. It's on Netflix for free. Um, I've been on a bit of a Halo Red versus Blue kick on YouTube, so I figured I'd give it a shot. And uh, 
I would say that it's interesting, but not amazing, because it's sort of like the origin of Master Chief, who, while cool, is not the most riveting protagonist ever. No. Um, and if you're into the Halo, I'm sure it's much more interesting. I'm only tangentially into Halo, because I just haven't... I mean, it's got a good background. I mean, for a sci-fi property, it's it's good, solid background, but it's never been amazing. Uh, it's just more something I watched, because, like I said, I was on YouTube watching Red vs. Blue and God, where that series just went. It's crazy. Oh my God. But, you, you, okay, you can't say Red vs. Blue without talking about Chupacabra. I mean, that right there, that one scene set that entire group of people up for life. Yeah, well, no, the real key afterwards is so, so, if you don't know Red vs. Blue, I love Red vs. Blue. I talked about it on uh, uh, John a while ago. It starts off just guys with their Xbox or Xbox mm-hmm. 2 doing Halo things and dubbing voices. Ended up with Bungie giving them an engine so they could run whatever they needed to in that graphic style. Mm-hmm. And it ended up as really, really good sci-fi. Yeah. I mean, their whole freelancer project, which I think is seasons... I'm spitballing. It's like 6 to 9, something like that. Check it out. It's it's got some really amazing sci-fi fight scenes. Like, I, it's great. Um, this is not that. It's mediocre. <laughs> I give it two and a half shots of Kraken. If you like Halo more, you would like it better. But it's only about an hour long, so it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's in and out quick. And pretty cool. Cool. Gonzo, you should hit, hit, hit us up with one before I go into the double feature. Alright, um, actually, I want to do a review of one that I've seen already, and I rewatched it again mm-hmm. uh, after seeing it, and y- you have to dedicate a ton of time because it's a three-hour movie, mm-hmm. and this is Cloud Atlas. Oh, okay. Um, and this is the, it's about my third time seeing it. Uh, I like watching it. I like putting it in and, you know, start doing painting or, you know, whatever work whatever project I'm working on. Um, and I really, really like Cloud Atlas. Um, it hit some good efo- emotional feels for me. It has some good lines in it. Um, some good, good lines that are relevant. You know, when he says, "You know, you're just a drop in a, you know, a, a, in a sea of ocean," and he says, "But what is an ocean but a multitude of drops?" Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's really relevant to what the story was about. Um, of course, all the actors are amazing in it. Oh, yeah. Tom Hanks, you know, I mean, we go on, and they all play multiple roles and all. I couldn't imagine filming that, though, and trying to keep everything straight. And I'm sure they had a schedule of this is this, this is this, this is this. Um, but I well, mean. Well, honestly, they probably filmed it out of order than you see it. Correct. They film all of one vignette as one and then chop it up in the editing room. Uh, of course. But I mean, still, that was a pretty big undertaking. I, I would consider that a big undertaking. Having to flip you know, all the different characters and the makeup, and oh, the yeah. costumes. Of course, this is done by uh, you know Matrix the Wachowski and siblings. Yep. Um, and so it's it's it was really interesting. Uh, it's got a good story. Um, if you can't handle things flipping and flopping constantly, you're not going to like it. Um, but if you can handle it. Um, and you can sit and devote time to it. I actually stopped what I was doing and says, nope, I'm going to sit here and enjoy this movie because I really like it. Visuals, everything. I loved it from beginning to end for the third time. So I would say maybe a shot or two of Kraken if it's not your thing. Um, 
but overall, it was a really great movie. I could watch it again right now. Yeah, I think that's a not an everyman movie. Unfortunately, it doesn't uh, doesn't have wide appeal. Correct. Uh, Kathy, before we roll into other stuff, did you watch anything? I finally watched Rogue One. Oh my! <laughs> well, let's hear your review of Rogue One. Uh, it, it isn't much of a review. Uh, it was another Star Wars movie. Uh, it had robots. It had you know guys shooting laser guns. Now, I have to say, I mean, I've been a fan of Star Wars since I was seven when the original Star Wars first came out. So I didn't hate it. I just, it's another one, and there's really not much to say about it. It's like you and your Marvel movies. Like, yeah, I liked it. It was Star Wars. (laughs) That's fair. And I will like the next one that's coming out very, very soon. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I don't even watch trailers for it anymore because I'm already hyped enough. I don't see trailers. I don't watch trailers for stuff at all. I some, just... some I have to. Like Justice League that we reviewed last week, I was not in until I saw trailers. I'm like, this might not be a shit show. <laughs> and it wasn't. I Yeah, and I missed your uh, your review of that. So and I didn't get to go see it. So. Uh, so capsule review. I liked it a little better than Gonzo did, but neither of us thought it was not worth watching. Correct. In fact, uh, my mom wants to see it, so I'll be seeing it again here in a couple weeks when it gets into cheap theaters. I'll I'm just sorry. be waiting until it's out on Netflix. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Apparently, Gonzo liked it a lot more than I did, a lot less than I did. But anyways. <laughs> um, so uh, what did you give it, Kathy? Yeah. I uh, I give it no shots of crack and I don't think it's necessary to drink with that one it was, Hell it was yeah. fun to watch Good. I, I really enjoyed when the Star Dest- when the when the Corsair rams the uh, Star Destroyer oh the Hammerhead yeah the, yeah it was awesome that was Good. super cool uh, now on the other end of the spectrum let's talk about some movies that require shots of Kraken <laughs> <laughs> my double feature was uh, G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra and G.I. Joe Resolute or retaliation. So much cracking. Uh, not that much cracking, actually. So, G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra was flawed from the start um, because it's Steven Summer who did the Mummy movies trying to use all of his favorite actors again in roles that they're maybe not perfect for. <laughs> and taking that as a standard, they were trying too much to make just a standard action movie out of it. Uh, you know how we sometimes we complain about fan service? This didn't have enough fan service. Um, a couple of vehicles, like every time a vehicle, I would say, every time a vehicle came up that looked like it was supposed to, you were like, hells yeah. Like the Night Raven towards the end was awesome. It looked like the Night Raven. That was cool. But for every scene that was super cool, like that, or some of the fights, there was another scene that was like, ah, really? You did this to me? You're doing that? Okay. So, Rise of Cobra was not very good. Um, not even some decent acting jobs can save it. Um, Ray Park as Snake Eyes is awesome. Uh, Byung Hun Lee as Storm Shadow was awesome. Arnold Voslo as uh, Zartan was decent. And unfortunately, that's the best thing for the rest of the crew. This was before uh, Channing Tatum hit his stride. He was mediocre at best. Um, Sienna Miller playing the Baroness was miscast and miswrote. 
But, like, there's a lot of problems with this movie. Uh, I'm just going to skip to the end. I give it two and a half shots of Kraken. It is an average action movie. You might like it a little more if you're a fan of G.I. Joe. You might actually like it a little less if you're a fan of G.I. Joe. <laughs> uh, but on to the second one, G.I. Joe Retaliation, which is a significantly better movie in everything. They were legitimately trying to make things look like they did in the uh, the in, in the toys and all. Like the hiss tanks they make look closer to the toys, but not exactly. They're actually taking a leeway. Um, I'm not sure The Rock as Roadblock was perfect, but I mean it's The Rock. Who doesn't like The Rock? They did all the acting jobs were much better. Snake Eyes' costume in Rise of Cobra, he had molded lips in his costume. Like the fuck are you doing there? They fixed that. He was good. Um, as a matter of fact, there is an absolutely awesome fight scene on a mountain monastery that is Snake Eyes and Jinx versus a bunch of people. There are no... There's no words. There's no dialogue at all through the entire thing. It's awesome. Um, and, and luckily, unlike the other movie, for every... Two scenes that are super awesome. There's one scene that's kind of mediocre or worse. Um, it actually continues straight where the first one left off, with uh, Zartan impersonating the president and doing stupid shit, betraying the Joes. Channing Tatum's in it for a short period and is way more likable than he was for the entire first one. So hats off to him. Uh, the Rock's cool. Most of the acting performances are decent. The action's super cool. In fact, I think the only misstep they made was putting Bruce Willis in this movie, and I like Bruce Willis. <laughs> His his stuff just didn't hit. It's like... He was phoning it in, I'm going to be honest. Um, but still, that takes it up a notch to maybe two shots of crack, and maybe a little more if you're a fan of action movies in general. Some good action, some great... Like, one amazing scene, which is worth watching the movie for if you can find it for free. Unfortunately, it's not for free anywhere. I actually purchased it because I'm John, and shitty action movies are my stock and trade. <laughs> Uh, so two shots of Kraken. Um, I do recommend watching both of them, especially if you can find them cheaper or free. But do not go super out of your way for them. Cool. Gonzo, what you got next? Um, one of mine, and um, it's a remake. Oh. It is a remake, and uh, I'm not big on westerns, but I'll watch a good western. I ain't got a problem with it. Uh, and that's the new Magnificent Seven. Or the oh. newer Magnificent. I've been Care wanting to see that one. Careful, sir. You're treading on dangerous ground. Oh, I've been curious about that one. Um. Okay, so it's been a while since I saw the original Magnificent Seven. So I went in and going, okay, not going to worry about it. Um, didn't do anything about it. It says, okay, I know the, the, the standard story of what Magnificent Seven is. The cast? Okay. It, was, it wasn't a bad cast. Um... I think Chris Pratt steals the whole show um, with all of his lines and stuff and what he does in there. Um, I can't really... I don't want to compare it to the original because I, it's been so long since I've seen the original that I can't do it. it it's uh, a loose comparison even if you've seen it recently. Yeah. But I mean, as a cowboy shoot 'em up you know, good guy versus bad guy show, it was good. Um... Was it funny in parts? Of course, Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt is in there. Um, there's some good scenes. There's some kind of, really, you could do that with a gun type scenes. But, I mean, overall, it wasn't a bad movie. It was actually pretty fun. It had some good things going for it. 
uh, I didn't feel bored. Uh, it was predictable, of course. Of course. Um, but overall, I thought it was really, really good. I liked it a lot. Um, I would say if you're a fan of the originals and it's like you're, oh my god, Magnificent Seven, the original is great and awesome and the mo- best thing ever, then of course, you know, <laughs> you're, you're not going to like it as much. I'll be honest, if you think that uh, Magnificent Seven is amazing and original and the best thing ever, watch The Seven Samurai. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Um, but I mean, it wasn't a bad western it had some good scenes in it had some really fun stuff had some good feels i'd say a shot or two if that but i mean i would go a shot maximum i mean i thought the cast was great actually yeah denzel is i mean denzel denzel watching anything i I say often you could say denzel starting the teletubbies movie and i'm like i'll watch it (laughs) fuck it denzel yeah it, it was it was good i think chris pratt stole the show just because he has some really good scenes and he's got some really good lines. I can see that, but I actually feel like he was too Chris Pratty. You know what I mean? I can he see felt that. too close to his other roles for this movie, but it wasn't like it, it's not really a problem unless you're looking for a problem. Yes. I was say, uh, you actually had to go, oh, this sucks because X, Y, Z. You'd be like, I didn't like that one thing because otherwise, I mean, <laughs> uh, all the cast is great. Ethan Hawke is great. As Good Night Robichaux. I mean, Kathy, this movie's for free. It should still be free on Amazon Prime. If you have that, check it out. I will look it, it up, yeah. Uh, I enjoyed it also. I would give it at most one shot of crack. And I saw it in the theater. My buddy has it at his place. He watched it occasionally there. It's It's got some amazing scenes. Yeah, it's 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 worth it. Yeah, absolutely. One, I, maybe I, two shots if you're not into it. I am a fan of Western, so I definitely have to look that up. I also have to uh, watch Godless on Netflix, I'm told. I'm told okay. that's what I got through the first episode that right now. I just started that today because I finished uh, Mindhunter, and so I watched the first episode of Oh, Godless. yeah. Man, I'm so. behind on stuff. i got to catch up. I, I enjoyed Mindhunters, uh, and uh, we can talk about Godless uh, later. Whoa. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch that. <laughs> So, John, do you have one, do you have another one? Oh, I have two more that I could talk about. Okay. Uh, G- next give me is one. oh, the man with the iron fists. <laughs> Continuing the RZA being in a movie because the RZA was in GI Joe Retaliation as the Blind Master. Uh, he didn't add anything to that movie, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is the titular man with the iron fists in this movie. He's the blacksmith. And unless I missed my guess, when they were when so the whole idea is he's a slave from he was freed but got into trouble in America and fled to China. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless I missed my guess during the scene where he you know signed his papers freeing him on his deathbed, the 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 plantation owner I guess uh, his last name is Smith and he's black and he's a what? black Smith. And I thought that was a little much, but hey, who knows? Um, so kung fu actions in this is pretty solid not amazing. It's definitely not a Hong Kong movie. Um, but the RZA's love for Kung Fu movie shows through since he's involved in it. Um, the cast is solid. It's got uh, Lucy Liu. Russell Crowe is, and I've never thought I'd say this statement, he is subtly chewing the scenery. I didn't <laughs> think he could do it subtly, but he 
he's you can tell he's having a great time, and every once in a while he's just absolutely doing serious, but otherwise he's just really enjoying himself and nailing it. He makes this movie better in every way. Because um, the other guys in it, um, the Batistas, before he really got, he was early in his career, he wasn't amazing, but he was solid. Uh, obviously Lucy Liu is an old veteran, she was great in it. Um, overall the cast is solid, the RZA may be the weakest part of the actual cast, but he tries, bless him. And, I mean, it's shortish, it's only like an hour and five minutes, solid kung fu action, decent story, um, and the RZA is a poet laureate, let me, uh, just hand you these lines, delivered by him, but these motherfuckers have a Gatling gun, and more bullets than there's rice in China. Because, I mean, how can you argue with a line like that? Uh, hey, man. The actual line of the movie. Um, I, I want to give it better, but I can't give it better than two shots of Kraken because... You need a shot for each one of those lines. <laughs> it, it's a two shot of Krakener because, while it is a solid action movie, it is absolutely crazy. Uh, my buddy Alex is watching it. <clears throat> and something happened. He's like, looks at me like, I'm not sure I believe that. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. This guy's got fists that someone made for him at a blacksmithery that they've nailed to his arm, and now he can use his key to manipulate the fingers and all like they're part of him. And you have a problem with something else in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Oh. But uh, it is super cool. I definitely, if you can find it for free, watch it twice. <laughs> um, but it, it's super fun uh, it, it's a solid modern kung fu movie I mean you're not getting Jackie Chan or Jet Li quality but you're getting for an American kung fu movie it's quite good <laughs> damning praise at best <laughs> oh Kanzo what's your next one uh, my last one is I watched finally Kong Skull Island oh really the new the new Kong movie uh, yeah. King Kong movie and you know I was enjoying it I was like, okay, this is a cool. This is a King Kong movie. Got King Kong, giant monsters, you know, other things going on. I, I, that was really cool. That was really neat. Until we got to the end of it. And we got to the end of the King Kong versus the giant monster fight. And I just wanted to punch somebody. <laughs> it was... It, it, spoilers, it's out. It's free now. So, I mean... Spoiler, the, the end fight scene, King Kong uses chains and propellers and things to kill monsters. No, King Kong just beats the f*** out of everything with his fist and bites and kicks and just kills Real things. style, if you will. Yes. I mean, that what they had him do, I was just like, no. I was not happy with the, the ending fight scene. Everything else was fine, though. The entire movie up to that part was good. And I was like, oh, that's really cool, yeah. Yeah, the character's still in the show. Yes, this is the new Kong. Um, and, it, and I was just like, I was really happy with it. I mean, the giant monsters. Monsters I hadn't seen before. Um, new type of theme type stuff, you know. Um, it was really good. Act, acting was fine. Some good lines. You know, is that a big monkey? You know, you know, just it was just it was just really good until the ending fight scene. And I was just like, this is crap. This is just crap. And, and isn't that the worst when the movie ends on a downer? That, like, just like a bad scene? Not like 
not like a uh, you know uh, Logan Downer, but on like yeah. an actual like God, that scene was terrible. I mean, King Kong. Okay, he gets tossed into a bunch of wreckage of ships, and all of a sudden these chains are wrapped around him, and he can't get out. So he pulls on, pulls on it, and he gets a flail in one hand, which is a giant chain and a huge propeller from a ship on the end of it, and uses it as a weapon. Uh. That's not Kong. Yeah, it we're trying too hard to make that into a uh, into a, a series, into a, a franchise. Yeah, it, it's like they were trying too hard. I was like, yes. you could have just had Kong just beat the crap out of the main monster, and I'd have been damn happy with it, and just go, mm-hmm. you know, balls to wall, fisticuffs, biting, punching, ripping heads off, yeah, that stuff, and I would have been perfectly fine with it. And they started adding that crap into it, like, yeah, no, just nope, couldn't get into it. How many shots? I gotta say two. Uh, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. Um, everything up until the very end was good. The very end, yeah, you need some shots cracking to get through it. So I gotta say two. Fair enough. Uh, and last, one I'll talk about since I'm not gonna cover it on uh, minis and movies is Mr. Doctor, aka Doctor Strange. And? Uh, it's still awesome. <laughs> I mean it's for the Marvel movies where I, I, we always say we're worried about a Marvel movie like I'm worried about Black Panther I'm a little worried that it's not aiming for the right mark but let's be honest it's Marvel they don't they don't make a lot of missteps Mm-mm. I mean no matter what you say their worst movie is whether it be Iron Man 2 Iron Man 3 Thor 1 Thor 2 The Hulk all those movies are all solid at the absolute least. So, I, I mean, can we really worry anymore? But I was worried how they could handle it, and they hit it out of the park. I mean, that is a great, fun, and entertaining movie with the absolute best villain resolution ever. I mean, he's bargaining. He's there to bargain. <laughs> the scene is great. I mean, it's just... It introduced Doctor Strange in an absolute great way. It was a it was an origin story done right, which is hard mm-hmm. to do nowadays. I mean, we talk about movies that have like the last one we watched last week that has a problem with having too many origin stories at once or not covering them, so you're left in the left, you know, like what's going on here. This one just did it right and did it quick, did it easy. It's a great movie. I mean, at most you just shot a Kraken. It does have sort of the Thor Ragnarok problem were a couple moments that are meant to be badass or poignant are undercut by comedy. But I think that may be what Marvel's going for. They don't want you to get so low or, or anything. They want to keep you in it. Which for, I guess, let's say more refined moviegoers mm-hmm. is a bit of a problem. Because it was a Thor Ragnarok problem that every everyone just about was undercut by comedy. Uh, this is a couple. It's not nearly the same problem in this. It's entirely forgivable and still like, at, at worst, a shot of Kraken. At worst, I don't even think you need that. Um, heck, I'd watch it again right now. Maybe I will. <laughs> so how many pro- how many shots? Well, one at most. At most. I I, I would love to hear uh, if I still had friends who. Uh, who did drugs, I would love to see their reaction after watching that movie on drugs, because <laughs> I imagine it's a fucking experience, and 
I wish Crazy Eyes could see 3D, 3D in the movies because it was probably an amazing spectacle in 3D. It, the visuals are just off the chain. Unlike the propeller. <laughs> Kathy, do you have a, a movie you want to talk about? <laughs> uh, I did watch uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's again. Oh, oh that's uh, a classic. George, George Papard and Audrey Hepburn, and I still like it. I still cried at the end when they lose the cat. Um, spoilers? It's, it is It is <laughs> classic. Can't you know. spoilers a movie that old! Not <laughs> <laughs> spoilers a movie that old. Also, you've clearly never seen it. I'm just giving you crap. <laughs> but, I... I I, you know, you have to drink Kraken because everybody in the movie is drinking. And you don't want to feel left out. Uh, <laughs> so, God, so, I don't know exactly how old you are, but this movie's older than you. I'm I, certain I, of it. No, I'm giving crap. <laughs> Can't spoil this movie older than you. I know. <laughs> it had to have been uh, the 1950s. Yeah. 61. Sixty-one. Wikipedia for the win. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> so you're saying you don't have to have Kraken to see it. You just want to have Kraken or something to drink because everybody's drinking. So you can feel like part of the party that's on screen. Yep. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, guys. It is now past our bedtime. Well, not and I have old. to pee-pee. You have to pee-pee. But before we go, guys, uh, we want to let you know please hit subscribe or follow us on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, it helps us out a lot. Um, also, check out our Patreon account um, and see if there's something they're doing. We will be adding some new stuff to that shortly. Give us a little bit. I think you will like what's coming up if we can get what we're trying to get done with a couple of companies that we're working with. Um, and we're going to try to add some more things to the Patreon that will help us out and bring some stuff to y'all. Please hit... <laughs> likes and subscribe to our Twitch and YouTube channel uh, and like us on Facebook and Definitely. you'll get all of the updates that way Yes, we feel really free appreciate to it. throw us comments and questions and concerns however you can find us because we want to make it better for you guys, I mean, we like doing this we also want to make it stuff that you guys like as well yeah you know? I mean John does his minis and movies, Kathy is going to be doing the tutorials uh, yeah, if you, have, uh, if you have hobby questions or if there's something that you would like to see as a tutorial video for the Patreon subscribers, uh, definitely send us a message on Facebook. 100% guys, tell us. We want to know if anything's going to happen. Anything you want to know, like, oh, object source lighting. I'm trying to learn that, and that's something I'd like to see. Um, so we'll bug Kathy and see if she can get one of those up. But definitely a shitty movie. Yeah, no, maybe that'll cover. be my. Oh, definitely shitty movies. And yeah, so maybe the December tutorial video will be object source lighting. Oh, what's awesome. up? Um, also, I'm going to be reviewing some board games and some RPGs. So I'll be adding that to the the thing. So it'll be a three for one. Um, of course, I'll do just some for free because I like reviewing RPGs because they're like an old hobby collection of mine. I have way too many. Um, so we'll be adding that uh, board game. So if there's a board game you want to review or an RPG, um, tabletop RPG, let us know. We'll get to it. Uh, and 
there's paints or brushes that you have question about Kathy have you ever used this airbrush you know reviews on stuff like that is really important to people and if you have something you want us to do let us know leave us a message put it on our Facebook email us everything we're happy to do it we good all right I have to pee he has to pee, and I have to do the outro. I'm Gonzo, so make sure you take care of each other. Be nice. I'm John. I have to pee. <laughs> Kathy, you got to hold on and make sure he holds on a little bit longer. <laughs> I, uh, I'm Kathy, and, uh, hi. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. The pee will come out. <laughs> it's okay. Did you hear it? <laughs> John, you can't go anywhere. Remember, this is this is our blooper part. You have to stay to pee. Oh, that's fine. I, I've held it for a long time. Oh, no, no. Like no. <laughs> I've held it for the entirety of a movie before. It was uncomfortable. <laughs> I beat for like five minutes afterwards. It was so bad, people looked at me like I was strange because I was still being... Everybody starts looking over there like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Yep, it's like that.